0: It is now time for History Matters on This Morning with Aaron Keck, being joined, as always, by local historian Scott Washington, who's always so kind and gracious with his presence, and bringing us some history
1: knowledge on a Thursday, Scott.
0: First off, good morning. Thanks well, for coming in. And well, uh, thank you.
1: What are we talking about today? Okay, well, you know, we were just hearing about Festival on the Eno, July 4th. Isn't this great? But I'll tell you, uh, over 200 years ago, uh, in 1776, It wasn't July 4th that John Adams thought would be the day we would be celebrating. It was July 2nd and that's because that's when Congress voted for this Declaration of Independence. And uh, not everyone is there. It takes New York another week going into July before they finally join on. But there were also some typos <laughs> and there are some glitches. So July 3rd is when they're correcting it. <laughs> what? You mean the US government had typos in an official
0: document? No.
1: <laughs> but July 3rd is when they finally finalized the language. So we should be accelerating almost any of these days July 2nd, July 3rd. And July 4th. Now, no,
0: second and third is not as catchy as the fourth. <laughs>
1: it's not. Can't say the well, third. I'm, I think those are good. All the days are worth celebrating. The second. No, it's the and fourth. And then August 2nd, actually, is when, uh, you know, that signed embossed uh, version that everybody signs their name to. Well, that's about mid July when uh, someone realizes, gee, maybe we should, everybody should sign this. The first copy that goes out, actually, after July 4th is called the Dunlap version. It just is a printed version. In Philadelphia, it has a John Hancock's name and the secretary. That's it, it's a printed version that George Washington will read to the troops up in New York and then New York joins the chorus. And somewhere around the middle of July, the idea comes, we need to have everyone sign this. <laughs> and so it's August 2nd. So technically, we could also say August 2nd as well. I'm still so sticking with the 4th. <laughs> and none of it would have happened, I would have, have to say, except that North Carolina, uh, after they confronted Scottish Highlanders back in February of 1776, the end of February, February 27th, and twenty eighth and uh down at the Battle of Moore's Creek Bridge, a decisive victory. North Carolina says, Uh oh, we know this is not going to end well for us. <laughs> yeah. And so We need some within, help, y'all. <laughs> within six weeks, delegates meeting in Halifax instruct their uh representatives in Congress, in North Carolina's delegates, to lobby the other states. It's time for independence. Virginia gets word of that, wind of that, and uh within the next month they're getting they're on board, other states uh, come together. So there's a groundswell, but North Carolina kinda lights the match that gets it, gets it going. Uh, but you can start celebrating July 2nd, July 3rd, July 4th, or August 2nd. Oh, I will them. do my best. <laughs> hey, so that's a good thing. But, and you know, I, I mention this in the scope of our long history because a couple of other things happened this week that are kind of important. And one of these dates is uh, June 28th, 1969. Uh, Now, at this point, uh, gay marriage is not legal Um, and not only that but there is active discrimination against LGBTQ people and um, up in New York, uh, the police would regularly raid bars and arrest people but oftentimes the bars would get tipped off so the patrons would know and they would be cool except for this night. That did not happen and the people were there were caught blindsided. They reacted and suddenly there is protests and riots. It goes on for the next few days. It jumpstarts the modern LGBTQ movement and uh, within a year uh, there's marches and suddenly marches across the nation. And what culminates in all this, of course, is in 2015, this week, June 26th, uh, is when the Supreme Court uh, says that... uh, Gay marriages are legal, and they should be recognized across the country. That's a game changer. All that happens this week, which is kind of amazing. Do you know
0: one thing that I always love about reading stuff like this is the weird events that history, this the confluence of events that happens in history that could be years and years apart? It's Monday, June 26th, in 1819, there was the first U.S. bicycle patent was issued to a William Clarkson Jr., Seventy-five years to the day later, the first around-the-world bicycle trip by a woman, Andy London Berry, departs from Boston. She completed her journey in September of 1895. So she was gone for 13 months. But 75 years to the day from the first U.S. bicycle, Peyton, the first around-the-world bicycle trip by a woman leaves from Boston.
1: And I am so glad you bring this up because this is one of the most fascinating stories, uh, that and I'm and I love it. It's like a
0: bicycle version of Forrest Gump. (laughs)
1: Yes. Well, she's born Annie Cohen, born in Latvia, comes over uh, with her parents, becomes a naturalized citizen when she's four or five. She's born around 1870, and um, she grows up. Her parents die. She's raising her younger. A kids. she marries uh, a Max uh, Kapoczki, uh, uh who's a peddler. They have three children. Over the next few years, the kids are like three, four, and five. And then there's a, a challenge in the local newspaper. And she's uh, selling uh, advertising, and her husband's a peddler. Uh, the wager was, uh, no woman could go around the world. There was some guy who had actually bicycled around the world in 1887. Uh, but there is this public bet by these couple of men who said, no, women could do this. And I'll wager you this much. And they, she hears about it. She doesn't even know how to ride a bike. And she takes <laughs> up the challenge. <laughs> and one of the conditions of getting sponsors is there's this London area, a water company uh, that says, well, if you will advertise, we'll pay $100. <laughs> she changed her name and to the sponsor? she changes to the sponsor's she, name. <laughs> And she just has this audacity of saying, I'm going to do this. So she sets out. um, uh, You're absolutely right. uh, On this date, uh, uh, the June 27th or June 24th, 6th, 1894, and going towards to Chicago, thinking like, I'm going to head towards the West Coast, only to do two months later. And she's wearing flowing skirts. The bike's heavy. And she gets there. She's lost 20 pounds. And it is suddenly where there's no way I'm going to be able to get over the Rockies. So she gets with another bike company, and they not only get her a bike, but she changes her outfit to more of a racing uh, uh, style that was totally not, not known that well. But it made it lighter, and she bicycles back to New York. Then in November, she sets sail um, the terms of this were not exactly clear, so... I was curious how she was planning on
0: bicycling over some <laughs> oceans and stuff. Well, to think uh, yeah. that's right. Yeah. So
1: she does, but she lands in country after country. She bicycles. She tells wonderful stories. She's an incredible promoter. And meanwhile, the newspapers are carrying these uh, accounts, and it's inspiring women around the world. And when she gets back... Uh, she gets back on the West Coast. She gets to Chicago. Um, she gets back in time uh, to win the wager. Uh, but more than that, uh, it opens uh, the possibilities for women around the world uh, about what could be done. In fact, uh, at least there is some, uh, some suggestion that uh, when people, when women could uh, have their independence with a bicycle, it changed everything. And uh, I just really find her one of the most delightful stories. She goes on, moves her family to New York. You can almost see uh, uh, something with Barbara Streisand <laughs> in this story. And definitely a, a
0: musical. That's right. Yeah, definitely a yeah. yeah. In fact, yeah, actually, somebody did
1: make a musical about it. But it's a great story. Uh, it says that uh, you're never to anything, young, old, whatever, um, to do something extraordinary, and she certainly does. Doesn't overthink it, just takes up a challenge and says, no, it's not fair. June 27, 1990, Hubble Space Telescope.
0: NASA announces that the $1.5 billion telescope intended to view further into space than any telescope on Earth, has a flawed lens which greatly <laughs> reduces its capabilities. <laughs> yes. Speaking of the federal government, oh, there my we go, gosh. Yeah.
1: You know, one of the great stories, at least the way it has been told, is here's the Hubble telescope, a billion and a half bucks, goes into space and, and they it turn it on. And it was busted
0: from the <laughs> word go.
1: No, it goes and they turn it on and they realize everybody's heads must have turned all at the same time <laughs> because they realize the images are fuzzy. And so then they're going, what the heck? They start going back through all the calculations until they come to one tiny piece of it. I mean, they literally had to go through so much code uh, to get to this one section where an English team, because it was an international effort, an English team and an American team were working on this one piece. And the American team used our standard measurements. The British team was using metric. And that was See,
0: enough. This is how you get. Me and Victor had this conversation Wednesday on <laughs> Trends. It's a fake. It's a fake measurement system. No one should be using it.
1: What metric or the yes, one we're using? Yes, metric. metric. It metric? Yeah. No one cares.
0: <laughs> fake.
1: Well, the thing is that that I what I love is the follow up. It's not just everybody wringing their hands. No, it's American ingenuity. Says, oh, I guess we'll have to send up uh, uh, some kind of a team to fix it. And they do, so they have to fix it. And the Hubble uh, operated for many years, and now we have the James Webb Telescope, which is even more extraordinary. But I just love this fact, not when things go necessarily well, but when they don't, what do you do? And uh, these people are... Great. Could
0: you imagine getting that repair ticket if you're in maintenance? Hey, we got a telescope That's that needs right. worked on. Oh, okay, cool. Where exactly. is it? It's uh, 30,000 miles that way. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Good luck.
1: Exactly. Well, there's another person who kind of pops up this week uh, that I think is extraordinary. He has a birthday, July 2nd, same day that the, independence, the Declaration of Independence was voted on by Congress in 1776, just like you mentioned about the bicycle in uh, Annie London area. Thurgood Marshall is born uh, July 2nd, 1908. Um, That name is probably familiar because he's one of these astounding uh, Supreme Court justices. Uh, But long before he became a Supreme Court justice, he was, uh, uh, as an African American, very much uh, sensitive to civil rights cases. Uh, He would later say that it was uh, one of his uh, relatives who kept bringing him to court for entertainment that he learned about what it was long before he realized he wanted to become a lawyer. And he won the majority of his cases ever before courts about civil rights, especially Brown versus Board of Education, which uh, challenged the idea that segregated schools were equal, they weren't, and the Supreme Court said no uh, in 1954. Uh, He becomes a Supreme Court justice in the 1960s and um, is one of the the astounding and uh, great voices
0: Scott Washington, local historian, always bringing us the facts here on uh, History Matters on this one with Aaron Keck at 97 on the Hill. Scott, thanks for coming in this morning.
1: Thank you, A.J.